Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Nights in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, November 28th, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. And another wonderful show coming up for you tonight. Chris Botta of the brand new podcast, Hockey Press Pass, will be joining us to talk about everything going on in Islanderland. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Christian Arnold. Christian how are you? I'm doing good, Sean. Hopefully you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I had a very nice Thanksgiving. How was your turkey day? It was It was great. It was great. Can't complain. Glad to hear it, man. Yeah. A lot to be thankful for? Yeah, we have a couple days <laughs> off from, from hockey. <laughs> okay, fair enough. So welcome to the program, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night and why I want to remind you. That we are happy to be presented by R.J. Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It is the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game. Head down for great food and drink specials, plenty of HDTVs, and in-game sound. Need great planules? Go to R.J. Daniels. Very nice. Also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. 217 Carlton Avenue East Islip, the brand new location. And of course, now at UBS Arena at Belmont, and they're an official partner of the New York Islanders. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for all their great offerings. And happy to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And of course, happy to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations at the Islanders brand new arena, sorry, brand new home in UBS Arena, and even more distributors across the country from coast to coast. You can also visit the tap room at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages. And of course, our brand new segment brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Questions Brewing. Get your questions in during the show so we can talk about them later on. So, Christian. Hey, that's me. That's you. What's up? Uh, if you hadn't noticed, the Islanders are on an eight-game losing streak. They still haven't won a game at UBS. The COVID list has gotten longer. Games are getting canceled. And everything is right, at, right as rain <laughs> in Islander country right now. What do you say, CA? Well, it's certainly been an auspicious start to the Islander season, to say the least. Mm. It has been uh, as bad as it could get yeah. with with everything that's gone on from the slow start, the inability to fill the holes left by Jordan Eberle, by Nick Letty. Um, then you, of course, had the power play issues. You've had injury issues. Yeah. You've had COVID issues. Mm. Uh, and it's been a perfect storm of just uh, a lot of a lot of tough, tough, tough spots for the Islanders to find themselves in. And, of course, then to open the new building in the way they did, down a couple players and uh, a COVID list that's constantly grown longer each day that seems to pass. I mean, we had one day where there was no new positives, which was ahead of the, what was the head of the Pittsburgh Penguins game, I believe it was. Mm. And that was, no, maybe it was against the Ranger. Maybe it was ahead of the Ranger game. But regardless, it was the one good day of maybe there's some positive news to report. 
uh, maybe things were turning turning the corner, but unfortunately, it just doesn't seem to be the case. And that's now highlighted by the fact that two of the next the Islanders' next games, including what would have been tonight's matchup with the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden, have been postponed. With the possibility of at least more games being postponed with the current circumstances going on, it's not. We're not sure when we'll find out if the San Jose game will happen, which is scheduled to take place on Thursday at UBS Arena, mm-hmm. uh, and what the impact could be for even further than that. The Islanders have San Jose. They have Detroit on Saturday uh, in Detroit, and then, of course, they play the Chicago Blackhawks uh, next Sunday at UBS Arena as well. Yeah, yeah. Corners have not been turned, uh, as you said. It has been a rough stretch of time, and it's a shame. We were looking forward to hanging out with you guys at uh, RJ Daniels tonight for the viewing party to, to get you ready for the Ranger game. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I guess, uh, you know, you get Christian back, though. We were going to have Tony, which would have been great as well. But uh, Christian's back uh, because he's not going to be at the Garden because there's no <laughs> hockey being played tonight. But the COVID list has grown. You got Sezekis, Bailey, Pellick, Lee, Bellows, Johnston, Green, Chara. All on the list. Now, I believe Bailey can come back or is coming back. What's the latest on Bailey? Because he was the first one. To- yeah, he's, all out of, he's out of protocol. He's, right. back, on, he's right. back on the ice and practicing, mm-hmm. and then they weren't rushing him back to get back on the ice against yeah. the what would have been what would have been the game on Friday to play against the Penguins. So there was no rush to get him back to try to throw him to the fire because of everything else that was going on, and they still don't know what the after effects will be of, of everything that's gone on with the players and including if there's any after effects because of COVID. So, you know, there there is certainly a, a lot of a lot of things up in the air right now. Bailey is available once things come come back, once the team's facility is able to open. How that how that would occur is there would need to be no new positive COVID tests over the next three days. So that's today, tomorrow and Tuesday, the Islanders could theoretically practice on Wednesday and then play on Thursday. But again, it's we're sort of in a wait and see mode. The Islanders didn't didn't make any any new updates available today. Um, perhaps we'll find out more tomorrow. I would imagine by by Tuesday at the latest we'll find out some news of whether or not there have been any more COVID tests or, or COVID cases, I should mm-hmm. say, and whether or not the probability of that Thursday game being played is is likely. And it's not just players, right? There's also some staff apparently that uh, have ended up testing positive. Yeah, we don't know who those those yeah. particular per- people are. It sounded like they weren't part of the hockey. At least they they weren't players of the coaching staff. Uh, let's put it that way. Lou Lamorello did say he wasn't. He was not one of them. He is not tested positive for COVID at the moment. That's so, uh, some good news there. But other yep. other people in the organization, aside from the players, it sounds like have tested positive. Okay, so we had Islander fans that were really upset about the games being played because that list of players on the list just kept getting longer, and obviously the results weren't there. And they're like, why aren't these games being canceled? Why aren't these games being canceled? They finally are, at least for now. How well would you say the league handled this situation, Christian? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's pretty obvious the league has not handled the situation well at all for anybody. I'm, I'm, and I'm including when I say that, I mean, I'm talking about San Jose, who went through this issue earlier in the month. I'm talking about Pittsburgh, who went through this issue earlier in the month. And I'm talking about Ottawa, who went through yeah. this issue earlier in the month. Although they did have their seasons paused as well, after 10, 10 players and uh, Jack Capuano came down with, uh, tested positive for COVID. And, do and we Capuano, know, not to cut you off, but yeah. do do we know of an official number, a cutoff number? No, that they there's have? still no official no number, right? Because if, if outwardly anyway, maybe just internally. Well, you know, we've asked Lou a couple times now about mm-hmm. where the league standpoint has been as far as when they would jump in and, and kind of 
put a stop to this. And he said he, he'd asked, and they, there really wasn't an answer, at least from what he was Sweet. telling us anyway. Yeah. So it, it, we don't know what the threshold is. We, it could be 10. It could be 8. It could be – it seems like it's a case-by-case basis. And, and while it certainly is not the, the wisest idea, I guess, as, as we've seen – the Probably Islanders something they should be a little more transparent. The about. Islanders have kind of caught the the short end of the stick, not only between that and the COVID situation, but also because they were injured, they were impacted by a number of injuries that occurred in the pro, in the course of all this going on as well. You have Brock Nelson that's out; he's yep. out two to four weeks. You have Ryan Pulak who's out; he's out at least a month. Aside from the COVID issues, now the league wasn't taking any of that into consideration, nor should they, because those are injuries that would occur during the normal yeah, course of, of the season, of and course. that's sort of out of the bounds of the special circumstances with, yeah, it's nothing with to do COVID. With but certainly when you have seven, eight players testing positive like they have over the course of the last couple of days, and even when you know this is spreading and it seems like more and more players are testing positive each day that goes by, I don't know why you wouldn't have stepped in even after, let's say you wanted to get in that game on Saturday against the Calgary Flames to open the building. Mm-hmm. Why would at a certain point you just say, we can't let this keep going on because it's it's seeming to spread more and more, especially if there was more cases ahead of the um, the the second game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, and I guess that's the question, though. I mean, it it just took one more guy, Casey Zizekas, to end up on the list. All right, shut it down. Like, what? Why now? I mean, and that's why you know I said it on Twitter. Regardless of of whether it was it was coincidental or they actually were waiting for another guy or whatever the motivations for the league were they know it we we may not but i mean do do they do they cancel games now because they got through that opening weekend is that how they were looking at it we got to get these games in no matter what you know we've been trying to get the building open it's a money maker blah 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 or is that just reading a little too much into it yeah no i mean i think uh, listen i don't know we're not in the in the league office i can't i can't answer that with with any certainty of where their standpoint is i I mean if even like i said if they were if their goal was to get these games in and i think a large part of it has to do with the olympic break that's scheduled to take place in Mm -hmm. february and the participation of the national hockey league well because as we talked about that we're under a crunch how do you fit these games into the schedule once you get back or or reschedule them or when when where do you place them and how do you Mm -hmm. keep that from really impacting and delaying the course of it or the season so in fairness to the NHL in that regard, I don't know if it's necessarily a as as conspiratorial as some people are making it out to be. Yeah, yeah. But you know, there there that certainly is, is factoring into it. I'm sure part of the discussion was about trying to get that game, at least one or two of the games in the new building, to take place before yeah. before canceling some of these games. Would right. it, should it have gone on as long as it did? Probably not. After that, even after the Toronto game, at some point you would have thought the imagine the league would have stepped in ahead of the Pittsburgh game or the this the first New York Ranger game on on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So it has been it has been a, a fascinating thing to watch, and I, I think really as much as as much as you look back and and the COVID really had had crippled the Islanders and, and put them in a bad spot. The Islanders were already in a bad spot to begin mm-hmm. with before they even got to this point. So it it. Uh, it know, made matters worse. I mean, may, maybe they worse. maybe they win a game or two in this stretch if if the COVID thing doesn't happen. For sure, but yeah. but I think I think it kind of masks some of the <clears throat> underlying issues that were already going on, and and kind of gives at least a little bit of an out, not an out or an excuse, but it's certainly you can point to and go, well, they didn't have you know six of their regulars in the lineup, they didn't right. have X, Y, and Z, and mm-hmm. um, that sure. of course is true, but at, at the same time, the Islanders were already facing their own issues before that with everybody healthy for sure, and the lineup there. Yeah, without a doubt, it's it's hard to say whether they would have you know figured things out or not if this COVID stuff didn't happen. But obviously, the chances would have been higher. But 
it doesn't matter because here we are, eight game losing streak, and you know it seems like as as each day goes by, it's 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 another mention of they really got to get their stuff together, and otherwise this is going to be a lost season. And it's it's really, I mean, we've we've now passed that Thanksgiving holiday threshold where. I guess the number is, what is it, 80% of teams that are in a playoff spot remain in a playoff spot if right. they're there. So there's a lot, not a lot of changeover. Obviously, uh, it can still happen. You have even Barry Trotz himself now referencing, referencing the St. Louis Blues of not right. too long ago. Yeah, it's not dead yet. It's not over yet. But they need to get these players back. And, and beyond that, they need to look like the players that they have been in the past. And that just hasn't been the case so far this season. No, not at all. And I think that's really the the biggest issue that the Islanders have had so far. I mean, obviously, aside from the COVID uh, sweeping through the locker room, has been the fact that you've had so many veteran players. Even now, you know, you've had veteran players struggling and looking out of of sorts and out of sync and and gripping the stick too tight. And, um, you know, kind of all those cliches that hockey players and, and, you know, love to to talk about during during these rough stretches. They've they've Mm -hmm. looked like it. And they haven't had a real answer, a real, real way to find them to dig themselves out of the hole and out of the position they've put themselves. And between the power play that's been uh, struggling a lot, between the lack of offense of contributions from the blue line, from the, from the forwards themselves, uh, and of course, kind of the disconnect at times that everyone seems to have when they're on the ice. It's grim, Christian. It's grim. Yeah, there's no other way to put it. So, folks, once again, want to thank you for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night and wine, of course, on your favorite podcast provider later on. We're going to take a quick break, and then Chris Botta of Hockey Press Pass will join us. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall big-screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, your home for New York Islanders hockey. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account so islander fans if your business is looking for a change from companies like spectrum verizon or optimum thai technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages just call 516-856-7800 that's 516-856-7800 or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com that's thai t-i-e technology.com thai technology the right choice for your internet phone service did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hot Tonight in New York. 
Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for On the Line, brought to you by Thai Technology. And joining us on the line right now from Hockey Press Pass, Mr. Chris Botta. Chris, how are you? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? How are you, Christian? What's up, guys? Doing very well. Appreciate you hopping on the show with us tonight to talk about all the wonderful things going on in Island Country <laughs> at the <Sure>. moment. <laughs> So right off the bat, Chris, wanted to talk to you about your, your brand new endeavor, Hockey Press Pass. Congratulations on the new podcast. Uh, I see you've already had a number of great guests on it already. What made you decide to jump into the podcasting world and uh, just tell us a little bit about it? Uh, thanks for asking. Uh, it, uh, well, we'll be brief and then we can go on to all the, the, the positive stuff around Islanders country. <laughs> um, I, listen, it just, honestly, it's something I always wanted to do like for the last several years. Um, my thinking was, uh, I, in fact, and I might have mentioned this on one of the shows that like eight years ago, I even filmed a little bit of a pilot with a guy who used to work at NHL Productions with Pierre McGuire, where we were at an outdoor skating rink in Greenwich, and it was kind of like a comedians in cars getting coffee, but with like cocky media people. Nice. Like it was just like, yeah. And and my thing was, and then I wanted to do it for a few years, and then it was just a matter of timing. For the last six years, I've been uh, on my own as a communications consultant, working for other leagues, teams, and athletes. Uh, I left the National Women's Hockey League in February, so I had a little more time because that was a labor of love and took a lot of my time. Um, and now I have uh, some time, and I put it toward two projects of mine, one that's kind of quiet behind the scenes, and the other one was just to kind of create a show that is like a little bit of a master class now, to be clear, from the guests, <laughs> not from the host. And like, you know, so Kenny Albert and Howie Rose on Play by Play, uh, Haley Salvian and uh, Molly Walker is coming up soon on like being a young person in the NHL and starting a career pretty soon out of college. You know, Kelly Rudy and Ray Ferraro is analysts and just literally just them talking about how they got there and how they go about it. And then sure, like if I have a Ray on or Howie who I've worked with, we'll do a second segment where it won't be about media and process. It'll be about memories and experience uh, that we had together at the Islanders. And so it's a very niche thing. I get it, but it's exactly what I wanted to do. And, and I'm proud of it. It's, it's gotten off to a nice start and it's, it's just what I wanted to do. And I'm glad I did it. We're going to do it for a season. Maybe we'll come back for a second season too early to tell right now, but I'm enjoying it and the reaction has been good. And I appreciate the support from everybody. Yeah, Chris, it's it's Christian here, and, and the podcast has been phenomenal. The Frank Saravelli episode was a real, <laughs> uh, real treat to listen to, especially some of the ins and outs of of what the hockey insiders go through. But obviously, everything that's been going on with the Islanders, there's certainly no shortage to talk about here. And I want to ask you about some of the stuff that's gone on the last week or so, especially as someone who's been uh, behind the scenes and in the PR spot with, with an organization, including the New York Islanders, as far as the handling of everything that's gone on with, with the COVID situation and the Islanders and, and kind of letting this all play out from a, from a, from a PR perspective, how, how has the NHL handled this situation and letting the Islanders play, uh, you know, four, four games here at the new building and then having to pause the season because the, the outbreak got so bad? No, it's a great question, uh, Christian, and I appreciate it. And, you know, it's, um, I went into, and it, it, I'll just go back on the podcast on one thing, because it's relevant here. 
when I went into doing the podcast, and yes, especially because I had that thing a bunch of years ago with Snowy and the, and the press pass and all that, and that's obviously why the po- uh, the podcast kind of has a little bit of a why is why is assy a name for the, for the thirty seven people who get that joke. But, but 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 like I went, but I, but I swear to you, like I went into doing this this season with with no intention of it being anything than what i just said right this master class thing so, and you know i some of the friends of mine who work with me or advise on the podcast have said you know you but you should tweet regularly about ratings and then and then uh you know then it, it started to come out about how fans were getting annoyed about these espn plus games not being available at times or blackouts and and i was just like you know what like i'm done with that like i get it but like i just want to do this positive contribution to to education <laughs> and fun and then what happens right like so when it comes to uh the covid issue in the nhl i have frustrations with a lot of it on, on the medical side and no i am not a doctor um i appreciate lou lamorell saying yesterday that the nhl has the best uh, uh doctors around every league says that every business says that um uh, but no they they've gotten this wrong and and the thing that's been the most annoying it's only come out in the last few days and i tweeted about it but i know it can get lost in the haze but it, it goes to what christian asked the nhl has sent out i call them talking points because i write talking points for other leagues about some of the things uh, when when media asks them a question what's the standard is it eight or ten players is it 12 whatever one of the things that i know that they've told them because i've gotten copies of this i've gotten this forward to me by journalists and other people in, in the NHL, and Christian might know a little bit about this as well, is that they say that one of the standards is they want to see if cases are rising if that aren't connected to the earliest cases. And so they'll tell you that when it came to Ottawa, once it was clear, whatever that fir- those first cases were, it was now going beyond that. That's when they put the stop, that it wasn't 10 players which people now think it's 10 because for them it was 10 plus happy right um with the islanders it seemed clear that you had bailey uh announced in florida and then staying in florida uh and then days went on and there were games being played at ubs and there were more cases and is the NHL trying to tell us that all this time later, not not Casey's uh, Sezikis, but the, the last few players, are they trying to tell us that the, those are all go back to Bailey and whatever he was exposed to? So I think they really blew it with, uh, I think the first two games at home were fine. I don't believe that this was a, um, uh, a conspiracy is the word that you guys <laughs> used early in the show. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think it's incompetence. But I thought what was clear was that this was going on longer, and they should not have played the third and fourth games. I am glad they finally stopped it now. But now it's gone into the staff. That's not a big traveling staff. Don't think that this, you know, I mean, for your listeners, you guys know, this isn't 150 people in the organization. We're talking about the people who go on the plane. That's maybe 40 max. Mm. So now that we have three staffers, eight or so players, um, that's really troubling. So I think they've handled that poor. And then there's the media aspect, but I'll shut up now and and wait for your next question. (laughs) Well, Chris, I mean, should there be more transparency from the league so that it's a little clearer, not only to fans, but to the media as well? Just, you know, what is it that 
that's going to determine whether this stuff is going to happen, whether there's going to be cancellations or postponements. It just seems like they, they're they're missing they're missing it here by not you know being a little more clear on it. The short answer to your question is absolutely yes. There should be more transparency. I get it that they probably weren't ready to do this in the first month of the season because maybe they didn't see the volume that Ottawa had and Jose and the Islanders and uh, who else was other to Pittsburgh. Uh, so I will, again, having, I don't say who I uh, work for as part of my agreements with these other leagues, but um, I will say, obviously I don't work for the NHL because I would have been fired at least a week ago. <laughs> um, the, uh, the, um, they, they need to be more transparent now. So what Lou Amarello has done these daily briefings is it you know it might seem like well you should do it well to that i would say well then whether it's gary bettman bill daly uh, colin campbell or george paris or our medical physician i you know i would recommend it be one league person and one medical person they should be available maybe not daily but when they have an announcement to make so they should get that right they should get that right in the next week or so. If they don't, that's another failure on their part. And the other thing about the media that bothered me, and this again goes back to, like, I want to have all these people who most of them are friends, and they're on my phone, and that that's why I did the podcast, because I still have uh, good relationships with the kind of people I'd want to have on the show. And, um, and I didn't want to get into this, and then also now being like, you know, loony Phil Mushnick or somebody criticizing the media all the time, <laughs> and I'm, I've done my best to resist. But what bothered me was that yesterday, especially yesterday, right around the time that the Islander announcement was going out. And you know that a lot of major national writers know about that around the same time, if not before they officially announce it. We were getting message points, talking points about the NHL continues to look at the viability of doing the Olympics and the more games are postponed. And that's just really troubling to me. You know, I'd love that Ovechkin cares so much about going to the Olympics, and so do a lot of uh, other top athletes in this game. But, like, you know, that just can't, that can't be part of this. And we know the NHL didn't want to go. They used it as an actual bargaining chip uh, with the Players Association. So I just, I, they really need to lose that from the equation. Maybe just come out and say, you know what, in a month or two or wherever the dead, there's a deadline. They have to let the IIHF know. Uh, they'll hit that then, but I just don't want to hear about that right now. It makes it look like that's being factored into these decisions and they can't be. Right, for sure. Well, well, Chris, I want to switch gears a little bit here. Obviously, the new building has opened, and I believe you were there for the home opener. And yeah, I was there for the ribbon cutting and the home opener. I was assigned by a trade publication to cover it, yes. Fantastic. So with that in mind, obviously, you have a very long history with this team. Uh, you you are well in the know with the with the ongoing arena saga that this team has been dealing with for decades. So what did it mean for you to not only see this building finish, but actually be able to walk in there? Uh, you know, I was, I was even surprised by my own emotions because, and, and I think I might have seen, uh, uh, I think Christian walked in a little bit before I did. I might have seen him picking up his pass. And so, Christian, you were there before the doors opened, right? Uh, yes, I was. Yeah, and, and I so I was in place. I, I was in, I got to the lot around 3.30. I, I got to the arena around 4.00. 
And I didn't really have a plan. I'm not that smart, but I all of a sudden <laughs> I, I saw one actually European guy who a journalist who I knew years ago kind of position himself at the top of the escalator, right? So you come up that great hall escalator mm-hmm. and then you land and the blue lines there and the Hall of Fame's there and the stores to the left. And and so I did position myself there and I held up my phone so that when the doors opened at five I'd record. And man, like, you know, like, of course I knew it'd be cool and, and there'd be people cheering and things like that. But it was almost like because of the escalator, it it was like a slow motion dream, not to be so dramatic, but, (laughs) but you could only, you, you, you couldn't rush, right? Like you couldn't have, you know, so everybody's riding the escalator and it's kind of like they're moving in slow motion and they're coming up toward me and I'm trying to capture this. And people are cursing, they're crying, they're they're screaming, they're it just was so then yes, like I started thinking about and for me it goes back to like nineteen ninety, Bill Tory, you know, having architectural plans, if you could believe this, eighteen years into the life of the Coliseum for some new place right yeah. and then there's meet me at the lighthouse and then there's <laughs> spano and then there's pigs at the trough and you know we all have our um <laughs> we all have our billy joel uh we didn't start the fire run down of islander moments right <laughs> so like you know it did it did kind of like wow like this is you know and to see like people of all ages, like you know you know it's like the teenagers who say i can't believe this well you didn't see nothing yet right um so it was just it was really amazing to be there uh, i would say they got the place right plus right like they they they, they anything would have been great right. to be honest but the the touches um we could quibble and say well, what about this instead of this or whatever but to actually you know think to to have donnie's place be part of it uh, right. do a deal you know probably a licensing deal probably with a place like offside tavern to to um having the the meetup groups like you know mm-hmm. there's this kind of new era of the last 10 years that i'm not really as in tune with because i haven't been around i'm still a fan but um just just incredibly thoughtful beautiful spot and uh so it was it was a it, it was a fluke that i was there i got the assignment out of nowhere about two weeks beforehand uh, but it was it really was a privilege to be there talking with chris spot a host of the great podcast hockey press pass here on the line brought to you by our friends over at tie technology and and chris i i gotta ask i mean when you look at the history of of the islanders and their their quest to get a new arena you know a nassau coliseum site and then uh moving to brooklyn and then coming back and then getting belmont you, you know you look at how much effort has been put in over over the last three or four decades to really get something built for the team that's that state of the art when it comes to what John Ledecky and Scott Malkin were able to do this time around, what what was the what was the magic touch that they had that they could finally get this done when it seemed like every other ownership group just just couldn't find the way? The difference with Malkin and Ledecky was their experience as entrepreneurs uh, that all the other guys had. Don't get me wrong, but their willingness and their commitment to play ball. And that's, you know, somewhat cynically from, you know, be doing the right things with politicians to having, you have to have extraordinary amount of patience and a, and a stomach to deal with all that stuff. Um, but they did it. I was, I was at Madison Square Garden for two years 
until six years ago. So what, uh, seven, eight years ago. And when I saw something about how I, I, I was part of a corporate communications team and we did a press release about something called the Oakview Group that Jim Dolan was going to be a part of with Irving Azoff, who manages the Eagles, who seemed to be like the house band even more than Billy Joel was back then. And uh, Tim Lewicki. And then I'm hearing that the Islander people are dealing with the Oakview group. And like you never saw Jim Dolan's name associated with it, UBS Arena, but it just all seemed to kind of come together. So the point, you know, the will, uh, the uh, Sterling uh, equities, the, the properties, excuse me, the will ponds, they just, they, they took the time to do what you have to do to get things done. And it is not easy to now why not the previous guys well some of them actually turned out to not have any money right um <laughs> uh, in the case in the case of milstein uh especially the milstein brothers uh eddie milstein like, is just a, a a party like he, he, it's like he's like the ownership version of mike milbury for me like wow. i can't i can't say bad things i get the fan thing and i get the trades and i get the you know, but like these are like people who are good to work for and with if you are there right if you were to ask Kerry Gwider or Joanne Hollowa or all Lauren Henning or all the scouts they would tell you that you know Mike was good well Eddie Milstein is a great guy now Howard Milstein is like he's on the ruthless side it's, it's what's helped him make him successful it's also what helps him turn off people mm. the, the biggest thing was Charles and I worked with Charles for a while but the thing with Charles was he he had no time for any of that stuff. I went with him once to News 8. Right? And when I say these things, I, I know where the line is in terms of what I could say or you know what might be giving up secrets of the organization. This isn't a big deal. I went with Charles once to a Newsday editorial board meeting where you meet with like the Randy Marshall types now and, and you write, it's kind of like off the record or whatever. And I remember at one point, like one of the eight people, it was just me and Charles, he drove, he picked me up at 1535 Old Country Road. This is like how, this is the billionaire, low-key billionaire guy. And he, they, they say to him, who are your uh, lobbyists? And he just like looks around the room and he looks at me and he's like, I think, I guess Chris is, you know, and I'm just a small PR director. I went to NASA on LaSalle, right? Like, you know, so, um, like that's just him. Like he, he just, his thing was with Tom, and Tom Swazi was a, a big proponent of the deal for Swazi. The, the bigger the tower, the more it was actually not about a hockey arena for a hockey team. He wanted Charles to get the building for the team. Don't get me wrong, but he was just, we, he, he thought he needed to sell it as the biggest thing going. And, but Charles, he didn't, he just, if he was sat across the table from a Kate Murray and she did her thing that she did, he just was like, screw it. I'm out of here. Um, he, he did a thing at Old Plainview with his project for Old Plainview where we, uh, he, did, I don't know if you can tell you this really quickly. Uh, there were hundreds of people there, so it's not a secret. He did a thing at Old Plainview where he was going to build up Old Plainview and he had all these grand designs. It was like the, the Lighthouse Project, but in Plainview. And we had an open meeting for the town to come. To, and so they packed the high school, the middle school auditorium, I don't remember now. And the idea was they would then yell at him for eight hours and he would answer the questions. And he knew going in, it was going to be rough. And all, there were, you know, people were already submitting questions. And 
what he did was he showed a like a 10 minute video of what this could be for the community and its impacts and he started just he had all like the questions that, that were for him and they were all like you're horrible and why are you doing this and you're full and he said he said i uh i and and after already hearing from you how nobody wants this and this is going to be a, what i'm going to do is i'm going to zone this for what i can do now and i'm no longer going to seek approval to do this great thing that i thought would be good for everybody involved meeting over if the thing started at 8, it was over at 8.15. I thought I was going to be out at 2 in the morning and the rest of the night to 3. Um, <laughs> so the point is, you see where I'm going, is he just, he wanted, he didn't have that in him. So he gets all the credit, and I, I'd like to think I, among many people, have cited him. And I'm, I was very pleased at the home opener that they uh, did that tribute to him, that Jigs read and the scoreboard. It was very appropriate. But he just, he wasn't, he didn't have it in him to get that stuff done. Well, I guess fortunately for Islander fans, it's good that the current ownership does because uh, it seems like they're hitting yeah. a lot of right notes, even though things aren't going so well on the ice right now. Yeah. And there's a lot of chatter going on right now in our in our live chat. So let's steer it to the ice. The team is depleted. Uh, <laughs> they can't score goals. The power play. Do, do you guys have the live chat Twitch thing doing like we had in the NWHL where people are yeah, talking we do. as we're going? Yeah. Yes. Oh, great. Yes. Oh, good. Oh, how's that looking? It's uh, <laughs> really positive, Chris. <laughs> Spirits are high, but uh, uh, yeah, I can't wait to watch this back. <laughs> Be nice, people. Be nice. So I didn't make the ashen trade, people. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> My goodness. <laughs> so obviously they're in a rough spot with all these guys being out. They can't score goals. The power play managed to somehow get worse than it already had been. You know, you can. I guess you can only say it's still early. It's still early for so long, but can this team still turn it around and maybe try to meet those expectations that a lot of pundits finally had for this team heading into this season? Yeah, I do. Um, because it just we're seventeen games in. If this pause didn't happen uh, and it went on for you know another five to ten games where they're down so many players and by the way we don't know if thursday's on i i would say that's 50 50 at best right now that is contingent on uh no more positives and uh guys doing better so uh I, i'm you know so this could go for a little bit i just say 50 50 on thursday but i'm gonna so when the games do resume mm -hmm. I'm going to go on the assumption that they're going to have a couple of guys back. Mm -hmm. And yes, it's we, Nelson and, and uh, Ryan are going to a different category because those are injuries. But um, they have to get guys back. I I see a lot of, not a lot, I've seen some, you know, Barzal this, Bavillier this. Never mind, Preci. I, I, you know, I, it, it's just a good try, but I, I don't. They, that needs to be fixed uh, at some point, and I, I trust that it will. Um, Char is another category, but um, I, I have a hard time focusing on the guys who haven't scored because this isn't to use a, an old thing I was experiencing. This isn't Turgeon going down and Ferraro stepping up. This is. Eight guys coming out of the lineup, nine guys, regulars, at yeah. least for us, 
And when that happens, it is just <laughs> the impact has to be. I don't play right, but the this it's not. It's I just can't get too focused on the blame game on guys who we know can play. They didn't forget in the last week or two. Yeah. So um, what troubles me was the Jersey game. That's the one that I sat there in an establishment and looked up and said, oh, I would have lost my house on this if I if I put a bet down. Um, I, it was not just that they lost it, I, I for nothing, wherever it was. Right. Um, then there's the Florida trip. But, you know, you, I look back at that and say, well, you know, guy a guy is maybe not feeling well lou is alluded to and we're not going to we're going to respect everybody's privacy here but lou is alluded to some guys feeling some symptoms and that's pretty serious if that's the case because these yeah. are young athletic people i had it i got it uh when i was with the national women's hockey league in lake placid we had an outbreak i had it i'm twice as old if not more than that than those guys and i didn't uh thankfully have any uh oh, feeling, wow. symptoms and this was before vaccines right before so um back to your question sorry i do believe that it is too early uh for the uh to, for the morning and for <laughs> uh and for i you know people who's the kid who's going to go first uh, in the draft shane Oh, you know right? what's amazing? We it's it's the Islanders <laughs> like, been such a great spot. I don't even know who yeah. like, who's the top. I'm right. So, up on that. so, but people are like, oh, they got to get. Uh, forgive me. God, you know, you put it on the on the chat, guys. Shane Wright. Let's say, let's go with that. Right. <laughs> so they're all saying it's it's time to start focusing. I was like, oh, really? It's going to be <laughs> such a tank spectacular that they're, they're gonna come in last or end or went you know close up to win the lottery so uh i believe they're gonna get these guys back these guys will not have forgotten how to play they will be back in their trot system i think the coach has done a, a good job of not losing his nerve and in the post game and I, i'm sure internally too and it's not they're not gonna go on a big winning streak early. They're gonna gonna have to start winning every other game plus. I get that. And then at some point, this is a league where in the last years we saw the Sabres win ten in a row and not make the playoffs yep. and lose ten in a row. Yep. We've seen the Islanders win sixteen, seventeen, it'll go seventeen straight, and then have stretches, including last year, where it was like, oh, no, this isn't. I, I, I got killed uh, from replies. I'm sure Christian and others have as well. Oh, yeah. When they go when they go into these slums and it's like they're done. They're <laughs> dead. They 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 won't even get they won't even finish the first round. Like they'll have to quit right. four games and because they're <laughs> right. that bad. Um so I just can't get into that. I it's not that I <laughs> you know. I'm the optimist. I'm the guy who, who, you know, I got kicked out, right? Like, so, <laughs> like, you know, I'm just trying to be realistic. And I think they've shown too much over the last two years to say that as they get people back. And also, yes, they will have to, Lamarillo and his staff will have to make some fixes here. I believe that they can get back in and make the playoffs and, and then go from there. Which right now you just need to make the playoffs. And I look, you look at who's in eighth place. I'm not, I, I'm not anti Rangers. I don't believe in them, but I don't, I don't believe in this squad yet as a 12 and three or whatever team they are. I love Steven Ballacat, but if he throws out one more chart that makes it sound like <laughs> they have the puck all the time, that's not the game I'm watching, Valley. Um, and then who's in eighth? Philly. 
who is, is are they, you know, who's ever an eighth at 12 points ahead, like, and the Islanders have played four fewer games and pretty soon six fewer games. Right. Um, yeah, I just, it's just too early for me. Let's, let, let, let's, let's see the guys get back and play the game. They will start to win again. It's just a matter of, yeah, are they going to be able to get those bunches of wins together? Um, but yes. Talking with Chris Body here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And Chris, uh, you've mentioned it a couple times. So I, I mean, I got to ask because you, mm-hmm. you've had a front row seat to perhaps some of the the most interesting times, I guess you could say, uh, <laughs> from a I guess from a outsider's perspective of the New York Islanders organization between the um, the John Spano era, between the re- res- resurrection of the team, so to speak, in the in the early two thousands, and and then of course the the mid two thousands and and everything in between. When you when you look back at at all your time with the New York Islanders. Uh, you know what's been sort of the craziest story that that you have um, that kind of takes the cake and, and and is the one one your go to story anytime anyone asks you what you remember from from that your crazy tenure with the organization. Um. So all right. I mean, I I saw your last show went like an hour and forty three. So I don't. Wanna, <laughs> I, I know. I, um. I I have you know many answers to that, and so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like I you know if, if you ask me about Spano, if you ask me about Mike, uh, if you ask me about you know, Snowy, um, ninety three uh, revival in one. I'll I'll say that the part that is the was the craziest stretch and it might surprise you because it actually wasn't one of the things you named, but then you'll probably say, Oh yeah, right. God, who forgot? So in the summer of 2006, Charles sought to, after Mike uh, had realized he couldn't do this anymore. Mm. And, um, and uh, he then moved into his big boy role that Charles got for him as president. And then Charles had it in mind for a particular kind of staff. And it started with the hiring of Neil Smith. Mm. And then for the next 40 days, well, well, let's put it this way, <laughs> you know, I, I could go through those 40 days. <laughs> and then and then on the 40th day or 41st day, uh, Neil was fired. And there, when they, he was fired, when he was given the opportunity to quit or be fired, there were four people in the entire uh nassau coliseum at the moment uh, and that's how it was planned and it was charles a lawyer neil and then me upstairs in my office and then proceeding from that day which led to pat lafontaine uh, resigning which was kind of heartbreaking in the moment and, mm. and and confusing and but that got worked out thankfully among all of us um then there was the hiring of snowy so like you know i, I it hit me today that I, I tweeted about how great Garth was in 03 or so. Uh, if I remember, Oscar was injured, Ricky was banged up, and mm. Snowy, who had also been going through a lot of uh, family uh, heartbreak, uh, proceeded to uh, just stand on his head for us. And that's 03 and 06, he's the freaking general manager. Yeah. So um, so the, it was just the, the craziest time. I mean, if you want, I'll... I'll tell a personal story that also involves, you know, Charles Wong and, and sure. Smith that, that I've never told before, Not but I'll it, take please. a breath and I'll give you the opportunity uh, to, to ask. Okay. Um, the day, so Neil got fired on the 40th day, but on the 37th day, he was, I guess, supposed to be fired. 
I was in, so Garth Brooks, you know, I heard you guys drop um, Jake Gyllenhaal's name on the last show, and, and that, that's a Taylor, that's a Taylor Swift reference. Yes, thank Sean. you, Chris. And I Sean still, is, I, like, I, Sean I, is like 20 years younger than me, I would guess, maybe more, <laughs> and, does, and doesn't get the reference. I still have but, no idea. I still have no okay. idea. <laughs> well, so then, I'll, so then just for people who might, Garth Brooks is a country star. Right? <laughs> I do and know he, him. <laughs> okay, yeah, like he's like Beatles level. Like his he, play, he plays stadiums. 30 years ago. He's bigger than Billy Joel, okay, for New York for a second. And back then, I think still now, he had a charity called Teammates for Kids. I'm going to make this quick. And basically, the premise was that Dave Scatcherd, for every assist that Dave Scatcherd got, I'm making this up, but he did, he did enroll. Every assist that Scatch would make, he would contribute $500. And then on top of that, Garth Brooks would match it for five hundred dollars, and then I want to say like Morgan Chase or something, J.P. Morgan, something like that. You know, would do it, and 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 then like it just became this big till, and he and Garth Brooks did this with all the different sports leagues, and then bless his heart, Garth Brooks had a thing where twice a year he had events, and for hockey it was in the summer, and for the guys like Scatcherd and I think the Coin did it and others, um, he would have them in Vegas. For like for free, you, you flew yourself, but then they put you in a hotel and Garth did a private concert. It was like a thing for like 500 people. It wasn't like, yeah. and they, his foundation was nice enough to invite me because I was kind of the middleman and I helped out and all that. And I got to invite a friend and I invited my friend who was like a huge, he's from Hicksville. He grew up with me and he's a huge Garth Brooks thing and fan. And he thinks I'm kidding him that I'm taking him to Vegas for free to see Garth Brooks play in this little place and, and sit in a meeting with him for his charity and all that. So we're in the airport and on day 36 of Neil Smith's tenure, and I get a call from Garth, from uh, Charles Wong's assistant, Susie, and she says, hey, Chris, I knew you were going away, but remind me, uh, uh, have you left yet? Where are you? And I exhale and I look at my friend <laughs> and I say, um, okay, here's, I'm in JFK. I'm about to go to this uh, to Vegas for this Garth Brooks charitable thing, but as I always say, and I've done it before for Charles and previous owners and GMs, like if there's something that has to be done, you know, I'll come back. I can go a day later. What? And by the way, I don't know what the deal is. I can kind of guess because the Neil, the whole thing was off the rails for like two weeks into his mm -hmm. tenure not just neil but like every, all, every every level of it so um so she goes okay hold on and then charles <laughs> i love the man he, I, he gets on and anybody can we curse on twitch yeah go for it okay so so charles gets on he's like all right where are you okay and i tell him and he goes oh that's nice yeah i know about that car thing and he goes what's the schedule and i say well <laughs> We're supposed to leave today. It's a Thursday. And, and then, you know, there's a welcome reception. And then tomorrow we have to go to some meeting with Thomas Brooks. And, uh, and then on Saturday, he plays a concert. And the rest of the time, it's, we're free. And I brought my best friend with me. But like, so I said, Garth, I said, Charles, I don't know what's going on, but like, I'll, I'll leave tomorrow, whatever. And he goes, he goes, well, uh, Neil is going to be uh, you know, relieved of the duties or asked to leave. And he just thinks about it and he goes, ah, oh, fuck it. Like, I'm not going to let this fucking guy ruin your fucking vacation. And go, go, in, go enjoy the. So I did the thing, came back Sunday night. And on Monday, give or take a day, you can check the math, but I want to say it was a Monday. 
uh, I was in the Coliseum and, um, and people were asked to kind of like uh, give everybody privacy here. And uh, Neil was presented with this uh, choice and then it went off the rails some more. And uh, thankfully, you know, we hired Garth, who, who was a clear cut, uh, regardless of what anybody thinks, he was the clear cut, I would say, like number two uh, choice. I think Kenny Morrow, Tony Feltrin were in the mix. It was all going to be internal. Yeah. But Garth was like number two to Neil. Neil got the job basically based on this plan that he brought up that had to do with psychological testing that uh, teams use and, and Neil had used with the Rangers, to which I said, why, if that's so great, how can the Rangers drafted Pavel Brendel and Jamie Lundmark the year they had two first-round picks, and, um, which they didn't love. And then, um, but it, it was a crazy time, and then it, it went into um, it went into things with the NHL and, and decisions and rulings had to be made, and it was just, that was the craziest uh, stretch. Actually, I would even say by far, because things like Spano or crazy trades or um, other things are out of your control. This is out of my control a little bit too, but like I lived it. Like I was with Neil every step of the way until he wasn't there anymore. And then um, it just it, it just got really, really bad. It was not fun. Wow. That is yeah. that is something. Who knew Garth Brooks would uh, play such a role in the Neil Smith saga? Brooks, Garth, Garth Brooks. <laughs> so, it, it, so I believe Neil, like I don't know for sure, but I believe Neil ended up, like with some sort of buy-on, it was based on the day's work. You can make the case that he got four extra days out of it because <laughs> Garth Brooks had a charity concert in Las Vegas that I was invited to. That's hilarious. Well, Chris, appreciate all the time you gave us tonight. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Okay. Uh, really thank you a lot. And uh, obviously, best of luck with the new podcast. And uh, hope to have you on again in the future soon. I appreciate it. I'll see you at RJ Daniels someday, whether I'm on the show or not. Thanks to you, uh, Sean. Thanks to you, Christian. Great work by both of you guys. Got a great setup there, and, and congratulations on everything, and here's to some better days on the island. Chris, thank you so much. Really appreciate the words. We'll talk to you, you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. The great Chris Botta from the Hockey Press Pass on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. Some great stories. Yeah. And as Sean pointed out, uh, who would have thought Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks. played such a, a, an important role in the date of when general, former That's general manager stretched it to Neil 40 Smith. days. Yeah. It would have been 37. <laughs> yeah. Not a round number, you know? So thanks to Garth. It was, it was a round a number. Nice round 40, 40, 40 which days. Good, which is what you want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, awesome stuff from Chris, and, and I'm sure uh, we could do hours with him on all the yeah. stories. He I was, was going to ask him about the Garth Snow stuff, but I feel like at, at, we were getting such other great stuff that Next hadn't time. really been touched on. Next time. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder I wonder if they've... Um, They've buried, buried the hatchet on that whole uh, <laughs> we'll have situation. To ask next time. He did call him Snowy, so yeah. maybe, maybe they're pals again. Maybe we'll find out another day. <laughs> so, folks, that was a great Chris Botta from Hockey Press Pass. Definitely check out his new podcast. Like we were saying, he's had some great guests yeah. already. Ray Ferraro, uh, Frank Cervelli, Howie Rose, all good stuff. Yeah. Sounds like there's going to be good guests coming up, too. Molly Walker, we know her. Big time. Big She's time. She's too big time for us anymore. Not, well, not, I mean, uh, not Chris Bottom. We'll I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> all right, folks. So the train rolls on here. And uh, I want to thank you guys all for hanging out. I see you guys have been very, very active in the chat, <laughs> it's which is nice great. in there. Yes. A uh, lot, lot, of, lot of talk about the season. I see there's a little bit of optimism and a lot of pessimism. But uh, why, don't we, why don't we jump right into questions, Bruin, man? Oh, uh, all right. Uh, any, if you still have questions, Bruin, please feel free oh, to I meant, in the chat. I'm sorry. What's on tap? 
Oh, okay. And then what's on tap? That makes a lot more sense. But yes. reminder, everyone listening, of course, we will get to questions brewing and make sure yes. you get those questions that are brewing into us on the Twitch channel chat. Uh, you can tweet us at Hockey Night NY as well. Yes. Uh, just leave uh, leave the question with uh, with uh, question brewing and then your question, and we'll get to it in a little bit later into yes. the show. Yes. Uh, there's already been a couple of good questions that we definitely want to touch upon, mm-hmm. uh, and so we'll get to those. But please, please continue to feel free to throw those questions in the chat tweet uh, tweet them at us as well and we will get to them uh when we get to questions brewing a little bit later but what's on tap is coming up now and now it's time for what's on tap brought to you by rj daniels american bar and grill that's right folks it's a special edition of what's on tap presented by rj daniels because we don't really know we're assuming yeah and i think a lot of people are hoping that Things will start to get back to normal, quote-unquote. Yeah. Thursday against the San Jose Sharks, they'll be in town to play the New York Islanders at UBS Arena for the fifth game in the history of the building. Tonight is also, uh, I think, believe, the for, uh, historic moment in the building uh, for the building for UBS. It's the first official concert at UBS Arena. Harry Styles is taking Harry the stage. Harry Styles. You know yes. who Harry Styles is, right? Very popular individual. Um, yes, very popular individual. Do you know any of his songs? course not i love that by the way i love that that chris chirped you about uh about not getting the taylor taylor uh I taylor swift reference i made last week well see i didn't even know it was a taylor swift reference yeah. until he mentioned it yeah. because you only said jake gillenhall jake gillenhall yeah right so i didn't even know it had anything to do with her so yeah. what did she write a song about him because she writes a song about all her exes and stuff right so i guess he he, he did something wrong he messed <laughs> up he made her upset and she wrote a song about it Something like that. Cool. Yeah, you're still cool. a little off, but uh, I, I have no idea. I I've read nothing about it. I've read nothing about it. What's I, on tap, Sean? We'll finally learn about pop culture. Ah, uh, but Perhaps. San Jose Sharks—they're in town on Thursday. Hopefully, we should know more by at least Tuesday. I would imagine we'll have some semblance of an idea. Again, the Islanders need to go through three consecutive days without any new positive COVID tests for the facilities to reopen and for them to be allowed to practice, and then the seasons go on as scheduled. You would hope, because again, theoretically. Theoretically, the Islanders will be able to go today, tomorrow, and Tuesday without positive tests, and then open reopen the facility for practice on Wednesday and be able to play Thursday. But the Sharks, they're on tap on Thursday. Detroit is on tap on Saturday. The Islanders face the Detroit Red Wings for the first time this season. In the Motor City. In the Motor City at Little Caesars Arena. Right. Yeah. 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 The beautiful Little Caesars Arena. And then they're back on Long Island on Sunday to face the Chicago Blackhawks for the second time this season. One of the five teams that the Islanders have beaten this year uh, is the Chicago (laughs) Blackhawks. And that was back in uh, what was it? The end last weekend, last week of October. or No, it was the first second week of the season or something like that. And it was early. And uh, that was the game that Barry Trot- Trotz, Barry Trotz, <laughs> Barry Trotz, there first made his uh, changes mm. to the <laughs> first made his changes to the uh, defensive pairings uh, when he split up Pulak and Pelic, and the Islanders started to at least turn the corner a little bit. It seemed like during that game, and they were able to come fake this out. They fake this out. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, would have had the Strangers on tap tonight. That's true. Yeah, New York Rangers. Would have had the Flyers on tap Tuesday. Tuesday. Those games are um, in the the process of being rescheduled. They'll be on tap later. Yes. In the season. Probably tagged on to the end of the calendar calendar year. It's just going to further condense the Islanders' schedule later in the season. But it is what it is. This is the world we live in right now. So there you have it. That is... 
What's On Tap. That was What's On Tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels, American Bar and Grill. And that's all, again, can, can you know, under, as, as Chris said, there's like a 50-50 chance that that game actually gets played on Thursday. Uh, which is, yeah, I was which is actually going to ask you what the over-under I, I think 50-50 is, is, is the best bet because it really could go either way at this point. Um, you know, you, we, we haven't, again, we didn't get any sort of news updates today as far as any new cases or any players coming out of protocol. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine maybe tomorrow, at the very least Tuesday, we should get some sort of inclination and some sort of official update from the organization as where things stand. But again... Uh, the Islanders now their season on hold, uh, which took far too long, in my opinion, for the for the league to finally get to that point. And, you know, we could debate what you know where things stand on, 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 for the, for an hour here on the show. But sure. the bottom line is the NHL didn't do the Islanders any favors. The Islanders were already in a bad spot, and, and you know at five, what are they five ten and two now on, yeah. on the season? Things are things are in dire straits. Uh, you know, we're looking at the chat as things are going on, as the show's been going on, and, and certainly a mix of, of people saying the season's over, and a mm-hmm. bit, you know some Talk people saying <laughs> some people saying that uh, you know it's only November and it's not time to count them out yet. I, I, it is, and we're about to hit December, but I certainly think we're in we're in a spot where season's not over. But they are in 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 a critical situation. Uh, I don't think there's any question or any sugar or any way to sugarcoat that any at this point well, anymore. Well, like Chris said, they got to get these guys back first and foremost because the 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 roster as currently oh I can't even say constructed de- deconstructed <laughs> yeah as, as it's currently been deconstructed <laughs> is not going to get it done. I mean it's it's nice to see what these kids can do and and. You know, it's it's good that they're getting their licks and a, and a taste of of um you know the big leagues, but this this team isn't as it is now isn't going to be what turns it around. So they they need to get their their main guys back. But as soon as they do, they kind of have to hit the ground running because if they don't, again, I mean, I see a lot of people's are been throwing numbers out there in the chat and stuff like that. How many points behind they are, and you know, games remaining and all that. And and yeah, they're going to have to turn around quick. The good thing is the Sorokin's been looking great, and right. so if you can just get the team back in front of him and actually put the puck not where the goalie is, but still in the trajectory of the net. Shots on goal. You're talking about shots on goal. Yeah, yeah, but like shots in goal. <laughs> shots in goal is, is, is the key here. Well, the Islanders need to get shots problem. on goal first, which has been a big problem well, they, as well. They have. I mean, they have. it. They've been, they've been destroying a lot of logo crests on these goaltenders' jerseys because they've been – look – it's 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 been a struggle. They gotta they gotta get these guys back and and just figure it out. And it's gotta happen soon because yeah, then we will be starting to talk about who the the draft picks are, who, who's in the top fifteen of the first round of the yeah. draft and all that. But we're not there yet, and I'm certainly not giving up on the season. But there is a sense of ur- a sense of urgency here. But I guess real quick before we move into hero of the week and whatnot, we talked a little bit about some of the guys that got in last week. We didn't really touch on guys like Andreoff and Koivula, um, the what the fourth version of Thomas Hickey now wearing number right. forty-two, right? <laughs> the man's worn it. Like I think this is his fourth number now, fourteen four forty-two. I think there two. I think he wore very briefly, probably I think, yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah, he's 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 been all over the map there. But Andreoff got a goal against the Rangers. Nice only deflection goal. Other Islander, not only Islander, not named Brock Nelson, the score at UBS Arena. It's slim pickings. They ha- they've right. That's still correct. Yeah, yeah. They've been shut out twice, yeah. and they scored two goals against the Flames, Brocks, and they scored the goal against the Rangers. Andreev, I don't think we're missing anything there. So, yeah, it's 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 <laughs> it's been a rough go. But 
But Andreoff, he gets the goal actually from a, a shot from Koivula as he was skating back towards the point. Sent the shot on. Great, great deflection. I mean, these are guys that once the regulars come back, they're heading back to Bridgeport. But, right. I mean, has, has there anything you've seen out of these guys that are encouraging, promising? Yeah, I mean, Robin Sallows looked, looked really good. Um, you know, I think there's been a lot of encur- encouraging signs out of his play. Obviously, there's been some... There's been some natural errors that are going to come mm-hmm. along with a guy that's only played a hand, you know, North America really for about uh, a month and a half or so, and yeah. then, then getting called up to the NHL. But he's handled himself really well. Um, you know, Andreoff, Koivalov, they look fine. You know, they're doing what they need to do. Um, nothing special. <laughs> um, no, and I don't even mean that in the yeah. neg- in the negative way that it sounded like. But it's just you know they're 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 doing what they have to do out there. And every every one of the young players that have been called up were the Bridgeport players. Panic had a rough game, I think, one night. Thomas Hickey was was pretty rough against the Pittsburgh Penguins, mm-hmm. and I think in the Toronto the Toronto game and the Ranger game he was in too. Uh, yeah, I believe he was in both of them. Um, the so, Rangers but and I, the Pens. But I know he looked he looked had a rough night. Uh, the game against the Penguins the other day, mm-hmm. um, a couple couple er- errors that were unnecessary if you will and, and look yeah, to be some of the hickey was was the dude who hit the deck when ryan reeves yeah. went around him for the for the rooney yeah. goal right after andre scored so it completely took the wind out of their sails after they made it a 2-1 game right so and that was the ranger game yeah um and then you look at the rest of the lineup i mean you know ladue has been in there and i mean you know ladue yeah Grant Hutton <laughs> has been back there and he's he's played service so i mean the, the problem hasn't been the the problem hasn't been the fact that the islanders Bridgeport Islanders players that have come up to the NHL have haven't done what they needed to do. The, the problem has been the fact that the veterans haven't done what they've they've needed to do. That and and there's a lot being asked of these guys because of the you know the minutes that they've kind of had to get because they're not there's nobody there to shelter them behind like Salo and and Hutton and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because you got Pollock and Pellick out, right? Right. Well, there's I mean the defense is basically Scott Mayfield's the only veteran defenseman back there. There's that's my point. Um, that's my point. But even the forwards, like you need this is the point of the year. This is the point where like Zach Parisi, Matt Barzell, um, you know Kyle Palmieri, Beauvillier, Pajot, uh, Pajot. These guys sure. need to st- step up and, yep. and and lead this team and um, will them to a win. And you just haven't seen it. And in fact, you've seen more things concerning out of their play and not so much Barzal because I think as much as people talk about Barzal being a scorer, you know, the star player, he's not mm-hmm. a scorer. Um, he's a playmaker and that's kind of his MO and that's, that's sort of what he's been um, known for in the last couple of years. And, and he does a great job of creating opportunities and setting up plays and um, really showcasing his ability to, to stick handle and, and move the puck and, and do all those, those kind of flashy things. But at the end of the day, he's a guy that sets up plays and he's not a, a, a goal scorer, you know, but there's no more times than not. Yeah. There's no Anders Lee there to, to, to move the puck to. There's no reliable winger on well, the other side for him at this point with Kyle Palmieri. Um, and at what point do you do you say, all right, f- you know, screw it, let's you know move up Oliver Wallstrom or put someone else on his wing because you know nothing's just been nothing's working. And and yeah. one of the other surprising things that um, I think kind of caught people off guard was the fact that Anatoly Goloshev hasn't been in the lineup. And yeah. Then, when when he was asked about it after the game, when Barry Trotz was asked asked about it after the game, mm-hmm. you know he kind of brushed aside the question and in saying that you know Goloshev hasn't you know proven himself at this level and um, you know it's a coach's decision at the end of the day and this and that mm-hmm. and it was a bit of a surprising answer just because the Islanders aren't scoring and Goloshev is a guy that can create offensive opportunity and even if he hasn't 
done it at the NHL level. Yeah. He's done it at the K, the K in the K. No, I agree with you. He's done it in other places. And at this point in the season, when you have to just, I mean, with everything in such dire straits and you have to throw everything in the kitchen sink at it, why not put him in there? Why not have Goloshev out there? So I didn't really, I he didn't literally really has the word that. goal in his name. <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> he does literally have the name, the word goal in his name, but Aside from that, you need to give him an opportunity to play here because you know, you know what's to stop him from saying, you know, screw this, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I don't want to keep playing in the AHL when there should be an opportunity here for me. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree. And then go, he goes back to Russia, and the Islanders, you know, have miss out or lose another player that could potentially be an impact player on their roster. I mean, you know, I, I know everyone's tired of hearing about Josh Hosang, but. You know, wouldn't it have been nice to have a Josh Hosang in this position? Are you doing that just to upset me? Chris? Wouldn't it have been a? Wouldn't it have been nice to even to still have Leo Komarov still around here at this point? I mean, <laughs> it, is it, it is amazing. Like when you think about it, when you look back at some of the the players that have left here and the the impact that they truly have held. I mean, everyone, you know, gave Jordan Eberle and Nick Letty a lot of a lot of a lot of um, flack when they were here, and for rightfully so at certain points of the season. But those guys, their their impacts, they they've been sorely missed. Um, There's no doubt about that. And the Islanders, even before the COVID issue, the Islanders haven't found a way to, to kind of fix that and fill those holes. And, and it's been a problem. And it, it showed. And it's we've talked about it ad nauseum here in the last couple of weeks up until this point when, when COVID really kind of decimated the rest of the lineup and, and the injuries decimated the rest of the lineup. And, um, you know, you put everything into this kind of mixing bowl of, of crap. And it, that's um, you what have, it's been. You have what you have what is currently going on. And I think the concern right now is that yes, COVID has, has been the, the reason the Islanders lineup hasn't been at its fullest, but even when it's had a 95% of the players out there, there's still been these issues that we've been talking about the power play, the lack of scoring, mm-hmm. lack of transition game from the defense to the offense, the defensive struggles. The team just hasn't been able to settle itself since the the season started. It, between the 13-game road trip and then finally getting through that, limping through it, but getting yeah. through it, and just when you think things are going to normalize, they're coming home, excitement about the new building, you know, they'll, they'll finally get a little more of a regular schedule here. You get all these guys going out on COVID. You got to bring up all these guys from Bridgeport. Barry Trotz has to do the best he can with these kids, and obviously it has not worked out at all Mm -hmm. and so that's why hopefully there is a bit of a reset button when you know these guys come back and hopefully sooner than later because it's just been you know it's not like going into the season i'd be like hey don't be surprised when they're you know five ten and two because they gotta you know work out all the stuff no of course not you know i would expect it would have expected better by now no question about it but there are some outlying circumstances that nobody saw coming that of course have, have contributed to this They've but exacerbated the situation yeah exactly it's just it's just literally been a, a domino effect heading down the wrong side of the hill you know what i mean so it's 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 a tough go and and you know i see the frustration you know on the fans whether it's on twitter whether it's here in the chat and yeah i mean look everybody's had high expectations and big dreams about what the season could have been and could be but um, it's certainly a trying time in in uh in in the Islanders' history right now, at least for the Barry Trotz era and the Lou Lamarillo era. Yeah, I mean this is this is the it's the worst the team has been in in this in this current iteration, and um, it, it's unfortunate because it, it comes at a time when everybody finally the perception of the New York Islanders this was supposed so, to be a very positive time. Yeah. Changed so drastically from last from the last two years with the new building opening, with the back to back trips to the the conference finals, and 
um, sort of the talk at the beginning of the year that the Islanders were that the Islanders were the team now in New York to to kind of potentially end the the, the championship drought, mm-hmm. uh, and that just seems to have gone by the wayside really quickly uh, with how the season has started. Yes, but the book is not finished yet. I know you think they're done. No, no, <laughs> the book isn't finished, but it's certainly you know you're getting to a point in where there's there's sort of a you know you're kind of at a, a part of you know no return at a certain point once you hit December where you know you just you're just you know there's no there's no coming back even even as much as you will kind of want to look at the St. Louis Blues or some of these other teams that have done it and managed to turn things around. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to take a gargantuan effort, and yeah. hopefully the the break kind of relieves some of the the pressure that the veterans have been feeling, I guess, that they've had to do so much with so many out and that it gives the team time to work on some of the, the stuff that have been ailing them and, and maybe there is a solution to the power play. But right. and, and then at the same time, is there a move to be made by, by Lou Lamorell in the front office to, to kind of shore up whether it's now defense or whether it's bringing in someone uh, on, the, uh, on the offensive side or both? both. Um, right now, it's, it's the Islanders are in a tough position to, to, to be in. and. Look. They it's, they a, can do it. Battle. They certainly are capable of turning this around and making this a season to remember. They absolutely can do it. The question is whether or not they can pull themselves together in time and actually do do it. And right. That's that's what we're going to wait and see. That's why we're going to keep watching the games and see what happens. Hopefully, starting Thursday, we'll see yeah. that coin flip. Yeah, fifty fifty. We'll find out soon enough. Right. So, what do you say we take a little break? And then we do the hero. Good, because my computer's about to die. Oh, no. Well, folks, I want to thank you all for tuning in once again to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And of course, on your favorite podcast provider later on. So with that, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer. And Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal, and now you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, All three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. 
Blue Line Deli in Vegas. Our goal is to make you a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the White Whale, featuring chicken cutlet, gravy, onion rings, bacon, fresh mozzarella on a toasted garlic hero. So, get it for half price all week, starting tomorrow, that is Monday through next week, we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop on in, mention Hockey Night New York for half-off the white whale now if you've been paying attention that might be a hint or two at, at where we might be going with this whole hero of the week thing so christian why don't you tell us who's your hero of the week my hero of the week is the islanders goaltender by the nickname of the white whale and that's uh Ilya sorokin Ilya sorokin go ahead He's been one of the few bright spots for the New York Islanders <laughs> during this stretch of uh, of ugliness, you could say. Yeah, that's and, fair. Uh, yeah. He's, yeah. he's been one of the bright spots. He backstopped the Islanders to only one goal against on Friday night against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And he made a number of, of incredible saves that night, including a point-blank stop on, on Sidney Crosby from the uh, – off. A, I think it was a, a cross-ice pass or a, a quick pass from, from one of uh, another Penguins player – and Sorokin made a heck of a save, very impressive and, and very indicative of the kind of athletic ability that he has and, and has shown in the past. So that was that was great to see. It was only one of a number of saves that he made, and it was a great effort for him despite the despite the loss. And you know, Sorokin, when you talk about some of the veteran players and some of the more established guys that have struggled, Ilya Sorokin is certainly not in that conversation because every time he's been in net, even the game against the Florida Panthers where he got where he let up four or five that night, yeah. Um, you know, he was kind of just he hung out to dry. Yeah, um, he is one of the few bright spots on the yes, ice right now. He's he's put he makes the big saves, he gives the Islanders a chance to win every night, and they just haven't been able to give him the, the run support that he's needed. I agree with you hundred percent. That's why my pick is also Ilya Sorokin. T Boyle thirteen said he was amazing versus Pittsburgh, and I agree. I thought he he was outstanding against the Penguins, and if the Islanders could have just given him some goal support. They might have came away with their first win at UBS Arena and a couple of points in the standings, something we haven't seen in a very long time. But we'll celebrate Ilya Sorokin here. Good to see that he's still shining bright despite the darkness <laughs> surrounding the rest of the team. Right. right? So there you have it, folks. Ilya Sorokin. Hopefully the next time we pick a hero, it will be due to some wins, due to some goals being scored, what have you. But there you have it. Your Blue Line Deli and Bagels Hero of the Week, Ilya Sorokin. Remember, stop on in to Blue Line Deli. Mention Hockey Night in New York for half off the white whale. That's right. That's right. The white whale. Whale. Yeah. So there you have it, folks. So let's see. Before we get into questions, Bruin, just want to check real quick if there's anything else you want to touch on. I mean, I can rattle off some some notes and numbers here. I mean, we talked about the special teams. The 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 power play is now officially last in the league. Yes. 32nd overall. Last when the Penguins came to town. Penalty kill, 15th overall. So at least middle that's still pack. middle of the pack. That's not bad. But one number that stuck out to me, Christian, and I and I talked about this before, they are currently averaging 1.88 goals for per game. Mm. 
Yeah, that's not good. That is putrid. Yeah. That is awful. That's terrible. Less than two goals a game. I mean, it's bad. It's no bueno. No, no. In any language, it is it is not good. And they are averaging an even three goals against, which is very un-Islander-like as well. Yes. That's something that they, they do much better. I mean, they usually darlings of, of, of the low goals against number. So it's just not good from a numbers standpoint right now, and they need to get these guys back. They're, 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 you know, there's a lot of turnovers happening out there. You talked about guys getting turned around like Char when he was playing. Right. Some of these younger guys. It seems like, and you mentioned it before, that you've seen some bump, bumps and bruises with these young guys on yeah. defense. You know, you had, what was it? I think it was in the uh, the Pittsburgh game where Aho ran into one of his. It actually happened a couple times in different games. Yeah. But I remember he was carrying the puck by the net. And, and he, he ran up, into Koivula, maybe? It might have been Koivula, but Wal- I mean, no, it, was it might have been Wallstrom, actually. This close yeah. from the puck ended up in the net. So, I mean, that's just miscommunication stuff and maybe getting used to where your teammates are going to be and whatnot. But yeah. there's definitely been some bumps and bruises along the way here. And, and, and it, again, it's just exacerbated this whole situation where you have these green guys that are coming in and they're not used to playing at the NHL speed. Right. Even though maybe they're learning the system down there under Brent Thompson and Bridgeport, but it's just not the same when they come up here. Careful, don't say that name. You'll in, induce the wrath of Islander fans. Maybe I did it on purpose. <laughs> maybe I did. So, maybe yeah. I've actually stopped tweeting Bridgeport results after a while because I'm I gets tiresome to hear. Is every people, response fire Brent yeah, Thompson? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, no offense to people. I understand there's the frustration, a lot of but guys that have come out of that system yeah, that ended but, up pretty good. But I mean, the guy's been around for a long time. Yeah, I don't. I don't make. Pellick played for him. Pollock played yeah. for him. They're pretty good defensemen these Mayfield days. Mayfield played for him. Mayfield played for him. Yeah, I think Andrews Lee played for him. Brock Nelson played for him. Those are those are pretty good hockey players. So the development not too bad under Brent Thompson. At Shawnee Hockey on Twitter, if you it's want to send it. That's fine. Your angry tweets to that's him. That's fine. All right, so you want to start answering some questions? Yeah, let's get to it. All right, folks, we got to get a theme song for questions, bro. We're, we're doing we're doing Oyster Bay Brewery a, a disservice. We're not having a theme song. We have one for for uh, what's on tap. We got to get got to get one for uh, for questions here. But yes, folks, it is time for questions brewing. Brought to you by the great Oyster Bay Brewing Company and their featured American Lager, another delicious. Delicious sampling from Oyster Bay Brewing Company. So, Christian, did you get a chance to look through the chat? I did. What do you got for me? Question brewing from, we'll start with Mike4652CO. What the hell hell was with, sorry. I, I <laughs> like how this starts. <laughs> I, I just copy and pasted these into a doc. I really wasn't. So, this uh, is the first time I'm actually reading okay, it. Okay, cool. What the hell was with Barry's answer to Becom's question about not playing Golashev? Did not like it one bit. Made no sense. Well, you brought that up before. Yeah, I forgot. I, I forgot. That's why. I, I think that, that was Barry's way of saying, mind your effing business. <laughs> At the end of the day, it's my choice. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it certainly was an interesting decision. And if the Islanders had practiced on Saturday, I did I did want to ask him a follow-up to that, um, to the effect of when it came to, to Goloshev, what was it that he's seeing that, that kind of gives him pause to not put him in the lineup, I guess, would have mm-hmm. been some, some version of my question that I asked him. Uh, I would have asked him, but as we saw on Saturday, the Islanders pushed their practice availability back three times before the before the announcement came that the league was pausing the season, which obviously explains why that things kept sh- shaking out the way they were. But certainly, I, I, you know, Mike's frustration with the answer, I, I think, is warranted. At the very least, I, there was a lot of people surprised by it mm-hmm. um, because Goloshev looked pretty good 
when he was here with the Islanders in training camp, Barry Trotz praised his mm-hmm. worth, work ethic. Um, you know, I think at one point he called him one of the – he was the hardest working guy on the ice every day at, okay. at training camp. And, and Brent Thompson um, kind of echoed a similar sentiment when I was up there a couple weeks ago in October for the first few games of the year. And so it is perplexing to see that Barry Trotz still hasn't put him into the lineup under these circumstances, especially. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens once things shake out and when the season resumes at some point this week, hopefully. Um, but, you know, it is it is a perplexing. I really I wish I had a better answer if, if, than, than that. But, I mean, I think I'm as stumped as everyone else. Is. If they don't get too many forwards back when they do play their next game. I mean, what what do you what do you have to lose at this point other than your ninth game of the se- you know, in a row. Right. You know, I mean, why not give him a shot? Especially you look at those goals for numbers and and yeah, maybe the guy can, you know, tuck one under under a goalie's arm instead of putting it into his chest, you know, you, you, why not give it a shot? I'm sure Barry has a good reason, but we're not going to know because he was like, "Mind your business, pal." Yeah. <laughs> Um, people asking about your shirt, by the way. It's not a question. I was actually going to bring that up. Yes, um, but Sean, I saw I'll it. give you here an opportunity to address your. Where'd you get your shirt from? Yes, thank you. Uh, yeah, big fan of this shirt. It is uh, a forty-seven brand shirt. I got it off their website. I, I don't know if it's forty-seven brand dot com, but if you Google forty-seven brand, you know they make a lot of hats. They make a lot of sports um, paraphernalia, if you will. But yes, thanks for the compliments on the shirt. That is where you can get it. Yeah, good stuff. All right, back to the questions. Bruin brought to you by our friends over at Oyster Bay Brewing Company. Uh, T-Boyle13 asking, when will Lou and Trotz get fired? This is becoming a big joke and a farce. Go ahead. Uh, I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is the second week in a row we've gotten this question. Yeah, I don't know if it was both from T-Boyle or not. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, no, he has has been, he is the conductor on that train. The fire fire train. Barry train. I don't know about Lou, but I know he's been saying fire, fire Barry Trotz, which I don't particularly. And I'm not oh. making fun of you know Tom at all. No. I just don't particularly understand the the sentiment behind that. The Islanders are where they are because of these two gentlemen. And I understand. And look, we I think we fairly criticized some of the lack of moves mm-hmm. this off season on the show. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know the Islanders are, are five, ten, and two. And yes, there's still a bit of a season left. And I understand that you know I'm the one on on the show that's been saying you know it's 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 hitting dire straits. But um, are, are you really going to fire them over over one? bad season after after three really 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 good ones and not give them the opportunity to fix their mistakes if we got into next season and say things were equally as as dire and especially considering these outlying factors right right also who is like if you're if we're if you're firing barry trotz let's say who you're replacing him with the first the first person that takes over the bench is probably brent thompson or one of the assistants. Probably Lane Lambert. Lane Lambert, but Thompson Thompson would be in the conversation. Maybe. So, I mean, is that really, is that much better? Is that changing much? I, I mean, I understand Look. I understand the frustration, the, though, you know, things have to get better, and, and the, 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 what, what I'm, I'm looking at my notes. I'm just, that. I'm just looking at the chat and the reaction to the question. Listen, uh, Tom, you, you, uh, love you, pal. You are a loyal listener to the show. You're always hanging out with us in the chat. And uh, always appreciate the support, but I, I have to, I have to say I, I am completely on the other side with yeah. this, with with Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo, um, for for reasons that Christian already mentioned. But as far as I'm, look, they're going through a hard time right now. But as far as I'm concerned, Barry Trotz is the best coach in the NHL, and with all the things going on to start the season, you do not fire the best coach in the league 
over a, a slow start to a season. I understand that may, maybe you're looking big picture. You're looking at maybe this is, you know, how, how big is the window here for them to win, stuff like that, perhaps. But at the end of the day, this is a guy I want to see retire as, as the New York Islanders head coach, Un- unless there really comes a time. I know, Tom, you already feel this way, that he's lost the locker room. I don't think that's the case at all. But if and when that time comes, I think that's in you know a long time in the future if it happens at all. But this is a guy who who is 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 very has a huge part into why they have been as successful as they have him and Lou Lamarillo. Yeah. And look, you're going to have these peaks and valleys along the way. Now this is probably a deeper valley than we thought was going to happen for this team this quickly. But uh, without you know beating a dead horse, I mean, there's a lot of things going on with this season right now that. You know, has made it a, a rougher start than we thought. But but is it time for knee-jerk reactions and firing coaching staff and firing manager? I don't think so. And Jeremy13 asking, could all the hockey they played in a short period of time start? start is, is it starting to catch up with them? They are the second oldest team in the league. It's always going to be a factor. It's always going to, you know, you're always going to wonder, you know, when that's finally going to catch up with you, especially looking at, like, the fourth line, right? All those guys getting a little bit older in their 30s, especially the way that they play hockey. When is that going to catch up with them? I mean, it's 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 something that, you know, good teams find a way to filter, you know, the youth into the team and kind of balance that out. And, you know, like, yeah, it's 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 uh, it's tough to when you have a team that's, that's aging like that and you have all these other teams in the league right now where they're finding ways to win with their youth and right. they're bringing these younger guys and whatnot. And, and the Islanders... You know, they're they're hoping a guy like Wallstrom settles in. They're hoping Dobson settles in. They're still finding their way. Meanwhile, you got guys in, I forget the, the guy's name, what was uh, in Anaheim, 17 points in his first 13 games, something like that. You got this kid in Detroit that's putting up 17 right. points in, in, you know, his first, like, 15 games. I mean, it's happening around the league, and the Islanders don't have a guy like that right now, but, you know, maybe maybe we see Dobson, Wallstrom, and, and maybe sooner than we thought a guy like Salo settle into a role with this team and, and bring the average age down and, and, and kind of create that balance. And I think next year is going to be the first, the first year in this, ten, in this regime's tenure where the team is probably going to look a decent amount different from a season-to-season basis. It's, it's been pretty similar from year to year since Lou Lamarillo has taken over. You know, a couple changes here, a couple changes there, but with some of the guys that are coming off of contracts and, and the holes that he's going to have to plug, we might see a different-looking team next year. We'll go back to Andremi13, who asked a pair of questions. I'm going to combine the two. Um, about Matthew Barzal and Oliver Wallstrom, uh, part of it, the question was, should we, should we, we should really be concerned about Barzal, the guy is on pace for 40 points. His trot system really hurting his game. Also, Beauvillier's inconsistencies is frustrating, is infuriating, waiting until the playoffs start question. And also he asked, shouldn't we be concerned about Wallstrom's development, Barry's inability to develop young players, Barry's inability to develop young players? Oh, man. These are, these are pretty good questions. These are pretty good questions. So, look, Barzell, I mean, it's, it's tough because we get these questions. It's like every time I answer, I'm like, I'm just – Coming up with another excuse for why this is happening, but the guy is 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 playing with a makeshift lineup right now, in a lot of ways. You know, he doesn't have his running mate in Lee, and you talk about Oliver Wallstrom. He's a guy I wouldn't mind seeing next to him, like like you brought up before. But 
Look, I think Barry Trotz's system does have an effect on Barzell's overall point production. I think that's that's plain to see. That's kind of been acknowledged that because they play a more defensively responsible system that Barzell is not going to be putting up 95 points right. because they just don't freewheel like that. Um, I do think that he, he needs... Unfortunately, I think what we're seeing here with the with with the way the lineup is right now, that maybe he needs to depend on his wingers a little more than you'd hope, rather than him being a guy who is able to... Like, you look at Sidney Crosby, right? And what he's been able to do in Pittsburgh. And it seems like no matter who you put on his wing, whether you heard of the guy or not, they become a, you know, 35-goal scorer, right? And 70-point player. And, you know, they were a fifth-round draft pick. And I don't want to say the book is closed on this, but maybe Matt Barzell just isn't the sort of guy that can do that. And he needs a better support system in order for him to do his thing. I, um, when it comes to Barzell, and we kind of, I kind of talked about it a little bit before, Matthew Barzell is not a goal scorer in the sense that that's his bread and butter. His bread and butter, like I said before, is, is playmaking. And oh yeah. His points come from that. I think there's still kind of this, this, this this notion among certain Islander fans that, or some Islander fans that that Barzal is a you know the next you know he's he's the Islander Sidney Crosby he's the replacement for John Tavares he's he's the goal scorer this and that and that's just not his style of play and I think there's still kind of that lack of understanding of where his where his his money is made so to speak mm-hmm. and that's the playmaking ability so when you don't have an Anders Lee when you don't have a reliable winger on the other side next to you your production your point production is going to take a hit. Barzal has the ability to create these flashy plays and um, really highlight real goals, and, and he certainly has done that in the past. There's no doubt about that. But at the same time, you know, you you see the way he plays, and, and while Barry's system, I think, absolutely kind of takes puts more emphasis on the on the responsibility on both sides of the puck than just the offensive freewheeling side of the puck, which, um, you know, Barzal does great at, but at the same time, then he's just not responsible in his own end and creates certain mistakes that end up also costing the Islanders. If you remember right. a couple of years back, his first year or two in the league, um, under Doug Waite even, um, you know, that was that was an issue. And, and you know, Barzal's, were an issue Barzal's game was really strong offensively, but he didn't know how to play in his own zone, and that was a big thing. And um, that's kind of come a long way when you talk about the development of some of these players. Bar- Matthew Barzal's overall two-way game has come such a long way. Even in sure. his, even his ability to not take silly penalties at inopportune it's times improved. has yes. come a long it's way. Yep. And I know that's not, you know, when you look at Barzell and you look at the success of, of how people envision his success, I guess you, you could say, um, they envision it with the, with a high number of goals, high number of points and points totals, but in his development, um, but when you look at his development, he's developed along pretty nicely as far as, as, as a two-way player that can sure. that can not make the mistakes and cost his team goals and points and uh, and in an opportune times. So I think his development hasn't been stunted. I, I think the the style of play that Trotz has implemented impacts some of his points totals. But I think also the points totals this year, especially, have mm-hmm. also been impacted by the fact that he's not been dealt a great hand with the guys right. that he's been next to. Right. Um. And I think there just kind of just needs to be that understanding to the equation too that that Barzal isn't putting up you know twenty twenty you know thirty goals a, a season. He's going to put up points as he should, mm-hmm. but those are going to come off of a lot of a lot of playmaking abilities and, and plays that he creates and sets up. And it's a shame because I'd like to see him shoot more because he does have a good shot. Yeah, it's and funny, he's, and he doesn't. He's always afraid. It's not afraid, but he's very hesitant to shoot. Well, I think he's just so focused on setting up the the next guy as opposed you know what i mean yeah. like he's looking for that play for whatever it is i mean that's just the style of play that he has but but when he does you know 
take a shot on net it's usually a good shot he's he's got a good shot you know and and i'd like to see him do it more and and even in, in the instances when he drives the net pops a backhander over the goalie yeah. shoulder you know what i mean like the guy can score so maybe that's just a, a part of his game that he needs to, um, I guess, develop. Be further. more aggressive. Yeah, be more aggressive with that. Be a little more selfish. And then, and then to kind of answer the the second part about the development overall of the of the younger players, am, am I worried or should what I call it Barry Trotz's inability to develop younger players? I would I would disagree with that. Um, I don't think he's. I don't think he's not been able to develop young players. I understand the frustration that all, everyone thought Oliver Wallstrom is supposed to be this, you know, the second coming with his, his scoring ability. Um, but what is he? He's like 22, 23 at this point. He's still... Right. Is he even that old? I mean, he's still... He's still young. He's still young. And, and look... And there's still there's still growing pains and development needs to go through, to be go to be gone through. Mm-hmm. Thank you, myself, for, for finally uh, learning how to talk. Um... But in his second full season, and at 21 years old, by the way, not even 22 or 23, but I thought, right. um, there's still a lot of growth and, and development that, that he's going to go through, and he's going to go through these stretches. And, and I understand the frustration. I, I see people talking about going back to Game 7 and Wallstrom not being in the lineup and um, questioning some of Barry Trotz's lineup decisions and, um, you know, without relitigating Game 7 of the, the semi semifinals last year. Yeah, which is happening in the chat right now, by the way. <laughs> You know, all the <laughs> hockey, especially the New York Islanders brand of hockey, is not a te- not a not a sport, and not a style of the sport that relies solely on one person. The problem hasn't been the development of of some of these guys. There have been ebbs and flows, but it's mm-hmm. been an overall problem with with a lot of things that have gone on this season. And I don't think Wallstrom has gone through any more or less growing pains than other younger players in the league have gone through in the past. It's just highlighted more because the expectations were so high on him this season right. to do so much after right. after where he was last year. And, you know, I don't necessarily know if that's fair or not because if the veterans are stepping up in this spot too, are we even having this this discussion right. much? You right, right. He has more time and more ability to grow and, and kind of work through some of these these little hiccups that are happening and, um, and whatnot. So, you know, I, it's hard to say that, Barry Trotz has, has failed or, or is stunting the development of some of these other guys because I just don't think we're we're long enough into their careers for that to even be part of the conversation. Yeah, I, I'm with you there 100%. And we're just going to have to, look, you get some guys that come up in, into a team and, and they, they gel right away and they start putting up numbers and that's great for them. But, you know, there's other guys, you know, the young guys that come in and it takes some time, especially when they learn a system – you know, like Barry Trotz is where there's a lot of emphasis. Just want to reemphasize for everyone to play nice in the chat. Uh, yes, please. Oh, we need some moderation. <laughs> yeah, please. We're, we're trying to keep we're it all friendly. Pal. We're all pals here. Yeah, we want to enjoy everyone's company, and we appreciate everyone that's joining us as we go through. And, and certainly, Sean and I understand the frustration that that comes along with the current stretch of play for the New York Islanders. But we will continue on with our questions brewing as we are closing in on the two hour mark. So we'll kind of speed this up. Yeah, a little please. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> Let's go back to to T Boyle thirteen for a second here. Uh, Mike's four six five two co also had another question about Trotz's system. Maybe it's time to adopt a system that players were that players to the players we have instead of the other way around. And that, I don't think that's really how that works. Um, <laughs> and I, I mean, right. too, I think the players that they brought in more or less are designed to be work in the system that Barry Trotz and Lula Merrill like and implement. That's part of the reason. Yeah, why not for nothing. Guys, like, but if you look at up and down this lineup, 
who's the run and gun guys on right. this team, right? And they they already kind of have players that are set up for that playoff style of hockey, which I guess as we've seen doesn't always translate during the regular season. Maybe that's why you, you know Christian and I have talked about those slumps that they've had right. you know towards the end of these seasons where they they end up losing a, a few more games than you might think. And then when the playoffs come, all of a sudden they're just they something you know the light goes off and 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 they're they're playing you know to the top of their abilities. But and and Bavillier was brought up in the last question as well. Oh yeah, I and, forgot to address that. And it is kind of interesting how you have him, you have Pajot, and you have Paul Mary all struggling again yeah. in the regular season. And these guys who were darlings for the team once the postseason comes and. I mean, is there a direct correlation there? Not so sure, but it seems like these guys are are more comfortable in that playoff environment, maybe that playoff style hockey where, you know, that's when the big goals start coming and and for whatever reason, they just been ha- haven't been coming as much at least for the New York Islanders because Carl Palmieri has proven he can score in the regular season elsewhere. JG Pajot has proven he can score. And during the regular season elsewhere. So it's it's not like these guys just shut it off when, when the regular season's going on. But for whatever reason, in their smaller sample size with the Islanders, they, they've been having a harder time putting goals on the board when it's not playoff time. T-Boyle 13 asking question Bruin, who is to blame for the COVID fiasco? And I believe this is our last question, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, who is to blame for this COVID fiasco? The league or the Islanders? And I think the simple answer is the National Hockey League. It's not on the Islanders at this point. The Islanders are not the ones that cancel games or um, you know, control any of that mm-hmm. circumstance. It's the National Hockey League, and, and it's the front office of the National Hockey League that... that Deserves a lot, a lot of, if not all, of the criticism. I, I know that uh, that Lou Lamarell said, despite uh, kind of contrary to some, to one report that was out there, mm-hmm. that he that he had asked the league to pause, you know, suspend play and, and postpone some of these games. He he said directly on on Saturday that he hadn't done that. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, take from that what you will and, and who you believe and whatever. But at the you know, um, and I, I saw people responding to that that you know criticizing Lou for not, if it's true, for not doing it or whatever the case may be. I mean, the mm-hmm. Islanders were, were stuck between a rock and a hard place with all of this. Oh, and, hell yeah. Um, regardless of the circumstances on the ice to that point, um, you know, the health and safety of the players have always been top of mind for the organization. Um, you know, they were, for a time, probably one of the few teams that were still holding firm and strong to some of the, even some of the pro- COVID protocol from last season, when it came to daily testing during training camp and, and some of the other things. So the Islanders have been, uh, you know, much more cautious uh, on the COVID front than it seems some of the other organizations that are gone. And things have still happened. So uh, it just kind of goes to show you the craziness and randomness of everything that's been going on, you know, politics and everything aside from, you know, everything that's gone on mm. with the vaccine and, and the virus and all that, it, you know, things, it, things are up in the air and, and, and the Islanders have done everything, just about everything they could have to prevent this from becoming an issue and it, it still happens so yeah it, it's not on the islanders it's it's squarely on the national hockey league yeah and at least that's how it looks and and you know what trotty 19 offers an interesting perspective and look i'll start before i throw it out there i'll start by saying that we're not gonna know the, right. the league and the and the team they're gonna say whatever they have to say once the microphones go hot Right, and then we're going to take right. that at its word, and we're going to speculate, and we're going to wonder if this, this is true, or if they really did this, or whatever. We don't know. So, as I said it in my my tweet, you know, when, once the stuff came out and they canceled games, 
you know, whether whether the NHL did everything right, whether they, you know, were communicating with the Islanders and trying to figure out the best way to do right. this, and, and they said, hey, look, if you get one more guy to go, go on your list, then we'll cancel games. I mean, who knows? They might have done the best they could with this situation behind the scenes. We don't know. Right. But at the end of the day, it just doesn't look good Well, the way it went. Uh, well, well, to, it's a kind of counter. I know I saw try. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to just read it out for you. Yeah, I, I was reading it before um, and, and, and just kind of summarize what, what's written in the chat for those who listen back on the audio version later. Yeah. Um, Trotty 19 was suggesting that uh, from an owner's perspective that they wouldn't want to cancel games this past week, especially with the opening of the new building. Uh, they've been bleeding money last year and not bringing concessions or ticket money. And then to push back the opening of the building further uh, because of this, that it was something they wouldn't want to do. Um, so they'd be begging Lee not to postpone games. Again, we don't know. No one's asked John Ledecky about, about that, if, if they've had any communication. But I don't think... That would be something that John Ledecky or the Islanders ownership would get involved in right now unless they were specifically asked to be part of the conversation. Yeah, so, of course they didn't want these games to be canceled for, for reasons such as that. Like, who would, who would, I mean, all the anticipation, all the build-up to open up this building and the money that it's going to bring and all that stuff, of course they sure as shite want that, want that to go off. But... Do we know if if John Ledecky, you know, called down to Lou Lemerle to say, "Hey, well, I want these games going on. Make sure you tell the league we're playing those games." I mean, who knows? We don't I, know I, that. I I also you know? don't see that. Again, you look at the way the Islanders have, have handled a lot of different things when it came to the COVID and protocol and all that. Even, even from an ownership standpoint, you look back to last year before the start of the the shortened season, um, and even even during um, the playoff run in the bubble. You know, there were so many, there's so so much talk of trying to get meetups and outdoor viewing parties, and, and Islanders ownership never endorsed any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and John Ledecky went as far as to even even say that during a, a media availability when they, they held um, some sort of event at, at Northwell, uh, the complex in New Hyde Park, the, mm-hmm. the big Northwell complex there. Um and, and mentioned that you know they were they were taking it seriously. So just from 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 that perspective and, and kind of what we've heard from ownership in the past about this, I, I don't think they would have jeopardized the health and safety if they felt it. Would I agree. Have. And it would have put and and two, you look at the way the season was already playing out. I think that they would have been more than happy to hold off and <laughs> letting the building get even more finished without fans walking in onto a building that still had certain kinks that need to be worked out and, and certain um, things that were still being worked yeah. on. I'm sure they wouldn't have mm-hmm. minded that extra couple days if that was the case. So there's a lot. It's We'll never know. Uh, I think that's exactly. the, great, the greatest answer I can give you is yep. we'll never know what the truth is, but um, I, I just find it hard to imagine just from my, my knowings and dealings with, with the organization and all that and what we've heard from Lula Morello that, um, you know, it's hard not to take him at his word with certain things, but uh, you know, right now it is what it is, and, and to me, the league holds the most responsibility. Even if the Islanders are saying, "Let us play, let us play," the league has to put their big boy pants on and say, "Listen, you can't do this because right. X, Y, and Z." Mm-hmm. And it's a bad, it's a bad, you know, it's a bad product that we don't want to have going on and showcasing in your new building, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, to me, it, the, the major, the major factor is the league here, Christian. I'm with you. That was another edition of Questions Brewing, yeah. brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company. As always, thank you for your questions. If we didn't get to yours tonight, we will try next time, but we appreciate you throwing them out there. And Christian, this was another epic one yeah. here. And uh, that's in part thanks to a, a great spot from Chris 
Chris Botta gave mm-hmm. us a lot of time and obviously extended the show, but that's fine. It's all about good content here. So with that, I believe we can wrap it up. Yes. <laughs> all right, let's play that song. So, folks, as always, want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And of course, on your favorite podcast provider later on. A huge, huge thanks to Chris Botta once again for his great spot. Definitely check out his new podcast. The Hockey Press Pass. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsors, starting with RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, located at 2798. Sunrise Highway and Rockville Center, the best place to catch the Isles when you can't make it to the game. Don't just go for the Isles, though. They have live music, comedy nights, trivia, a late night bar scene. They have it all. And a big thanks to Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, an official partner of the New York Islanders and the greatest deli around. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey themed heroes. And a huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. And a big thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay. You can order their great beers and merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or shipping anywhere in New York and get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y. If you're on the social media, remember... You can follow Christian on Twitter at C underscore Arnold 01. You can follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And, of course, if you have a minute or two, tell your friends. Tell them to follow us on Twitch so you you can watch us live here. Yep. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast providers. Folks, we will not be having a show next week. No show next week, but we will be back in two weeks. So enjoy your early December. Hopefully there'll be some Islander games this week. Regardless, we'll be back soon. Have a great rest of your night. Take care, folks.